All right. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to The Coach's Corner, brought to you by the Endurance Lab, where the coaches from the lab recap the week and answer your questions from the forum. Really, really quick, let me recap that. Hello and welcome to The Coach's Corner, brought to you by the Endurance Lab, where the coaches from the lab recap the week and answer your questions from the forum. My name is Jason Flores, one of the Endurance Lab coaches, and I'm joined by coaches Taya Freestead and Mitch Dinkerman this morning. Good morning, guys. All right, let me get a quick layout fix here, <clears throat> and uh, we can get started. Get that. And so just a reminder that we are live on several different platforms. So um, what you're seeing today is raw, unedited commentary from our coaches today. And they all, that also gives you, the viewer, a chance to be part of the action. Um, you can jump into the show, ask questions, and we'll, we'll bring it into the show live. So jump on and join us here um, on the Endurance Lab. So welcome, everybody. How's everybody doing? Wonderful. Excellent. Well. Excellent. Excellent. I'm getting all our layout sorted out here and I need to get this all flowed out. Um, but what we'll do is this is while I get this showed out, um, I'd like to get this uh, start this conversation started and uh, let's do our little round table here. Um, we're actually going to spend some time uh, to get to know one of our coaches, um, Mitch Dangraman. Um, so I am going to throw it out for a couple questions um, to um, Coach Mitch and so we can um, get to know him a little bit better. Um, Taylor, you want to throw that first question out while I get everything shared out? Sure. So Mitch, tell us about sport that you might play that you played in college. Yeah, so actually I was a, or a high schooler in Kentucky. I was a pretty avid cyclist. And when I went to University of Michigan, um, actually I joined the cycling team my freshman year, which was great. Um, but the issue was that all their training rides or, or their, their predominant ones were on Saturday morning. And I had a penchant for uh, really enjoying myself on Friday night. <laughs> Couldn't you bounce back pretty quickly the next morning? No, I, I, I really enjoyed myself on Friday nights. Um, so Just go straight, right? So yeah, so that didn't really last, and um, for other reasons, like I, I, I had really little requirement for for physical activity. So I really didn't get involved in sport until really my late thirties, when when I needed to get back in shape. So um, I'm getting some feedback here. Yeah, uh, I am too. Uh, Let me see. But go ahead, Mitch. So you're saying so Saturday no, morning? No, no. So I mean. So I, I was not really an athlete until, and I don't even know if I consider myself an athlete today, but uh, I was not really an athlete until my late 30s when I got back in shape. Very nice. All right, so was, was there any of this? Yeah, so um, I guess a uh, follow-up to that. So during that, um, it, it finally, it kind of reminds me of the times um, I worked, I would work um, eye clinic, uh, for those who don't know, I'm an optometrist and I was in optometry school. Saturday morning was the most exciting time to be in the clinic for all of us, whether you were, um, you know, family practice, you know, medical doctor, because we get everybody crawling in from the bars at Saturday morning clinic. So pretty, <laughs> so pretty hilarious. Oh man, oh man. So um okay oh yeah so um oh this is a good one I I am I'm a I'm a lover of food with Mitch here so uh, what's your favorite food we'll start um off the bike kind of like your go-to um type of food and then of course we'll bring it to on the bike what do you like to eat when you're on the bike yeah so I've I've got a real big weakness I don't have a sweet tooth everyone in my house I have a wife and three girls they all have really big sweet tooths I have what I call like a grease or a fat tooth like uh, burgers, pizza, <laughs> chips and salsa, um, all that kind of food is my biggest weakness. And that's why I had to get back into sport in my late 30s is because 
it's really not good for you in um, in large quantities. But on the bike, I've you know I've always been able to tolerate gels really well, and um, I've used gels a lot in running and also in cycling. And I'm a, a big fan of the goo gels. The the two time caffeine ones are are com- you know some of my favorite ones. So um, have you have you done the um, dump the dump the goo into your coffee and then like stir it all up and then drink your coffee? <laughs> No, I haven't even thought of that one. That's uh, that's interesting. I will say that like running in in Michigan in the winter with gels is a, is a unique challenge because they get so thick mm. after like you know an hour in your pocket in like you know 15 degree weather that it's really nasty eating them. But uh, I wouldn't be riding 15 degree weather then. No, no, it's running, running. <laughs> but yeah. Run either, so. That's pretty iron. That's pretty iron. Iron gut to uh, for gels, but I know you know triathletes. You know if Ian was here, Andrea too. I mean, there's you've got to get the fuel in, and and it's about that. And you know that that is a conversation. You know for for the forum too, talk about kind of yeah. uh, that that in the future. So all right, Tara, what do we got next? Um, something we don't know about you, Mitch. Yeah. So so you've got another military guy here, just like Ian. Um, I didn't make a career of it, but. Uh, I spent six years as an officer in the U.S. Navy, was assigned on a ship. It afforded me a lot of great opportunities. Um, was able to take my bike overseas when we went to uh, to Europe and Israel. Um, actually, I, I did a ride around the uh, Sea of Galilee um, in Israel uh, on a mountain bike, which was really cool. So it was uh, a neat part of my life, but I did it for about, about six years. Super How interesting, your- yeah. How about your most embarrassing moment on a bike or <laughs> run or swim? Oh. Yeah, so, actually, so, so years ago when I was young, I had one moment. It was only me where I ran into a curb and, and didn't clip out and just literally did this onto the side. But I'd actually say the most embarrassing was, was at camp last year. Yeah, <laughs> okay, okay. I make sure we didn't miss that one. And, and the fact... <laughs> yeah. And the fact that there's a video makes it even worse. But uh, so we were we were going through Scottsdale, and uh, there was construction, and a car tried to go by us on the left. And I was on uh, Eric Denning's wheel. And at the last moment, he moved to the left to avoid a road sign, construction sign. And, and I didn't pay attention and move fast enough. So I hit the brakes real hard, and I think I hit the sign, and I went over the handlebars. Um, somehow managed to bend a, a titanium derailleur hanger. And then also messed up my shoulder for the entire season. So, um, and th- the worst thing was is it was dribbling the news out to my wife over a few days. And and then you know the whole the whole point of the camp and the way I structured it was I wasn't really spending any money. And she constantly reminds me how much my physical therapy cost me. So. <laughs> oh man, oh man. Uh, so you mentioned uh, you mentioned your family. Um, so tell us a little about um, kind of your family and uh, where you live. Yeah, so I live in uh, in southeastern Michigan. Uh, met my wife at University of Michigan. She grew up in Michigan. I was born here, but grew up in Kentucky. And uh, we have three daughters. Uh, one's in college, one's in high school, and one's in elementary school. Um, and probably the youngest, are, my middle one runs cross country. Um, my youngest is a swimmer, and she'll be a runner too. Um, and, and we'll see where it goes. Is she hearing the recording? So, yeah, she's going to be a runner too. <laughs> no, my, my <laughs> You'll see my oldest because, you know, she's a, I don't think she's up this early, but uh, you'll see my oldest sometimes like jump in on my um, training uh, workouts or rides That's, and, and yeah. say hello and things, which is interesting. She gets a kick out of this. She uh, likes to show dad's uh, streaming videos to her friends. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. I, I, I get that too. My, my kids, you know, I 
sometimes I do carpooling and I hear the the friends, they jump in the car and they say, I, is it true that you have a YouTube channel? That is so cool. <laughs> oh, so, so, unpacking toys, right? <laughs> yeah, unpacking toys. Oh, my God. So, Mitch, is it your youngest or your middle that uh, my, my son likes to watch videos um, because uh, they both like to climb up walls? Who's your who's your American Ninja it's, Warrior? Which one? It's my youngest. It's uh, my youngest. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. She just has too much energy. She, we're, we're happy she started swimming again this week on a local team. Um, so I'm hoping that, that three days a week of swimming will uh, tire her out. Also, maybe we should tell our, our viewers and listeners this. Uh, we, we, our kids, you know, when we yeah. communicate over the weekend and stuff, we send videos of our kids challenging <laughs> our, each, our other, other coaches' kids. Okay, I'm climbing up, you know, the wall over here. So this is your challenge, you know, yeah. Taya's daughter or whatever. So. <laughs> It's they fun. keep setting videos back and forth. It's funny. It is. It is fun. So excellent. So that kind of wraps up our um, our chance to get to meet um, Coach Mitch. Thanks for being a good sport today, and we'll um, get a chance to meet our other coaches here um, as the time goes on. All right. So let's throw it over. We're actually gonna um, throw it over to Taya here. Um, she's got a couple topics, um, just um, hot topics and um, things that came across in the lab in the forum. And if any questions for those that have joined in um, watching here on Facebook Live. Definitely um, drop in some questions. Um, good morning to uh, Quan and uh, Andy, who just joined in now. So, um, Taya, take it away. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, calling it at a race or event. So when athletes decide that they're going to pull out of the race uh, or an event that they're in. And the focus of the conversation here will be when that happens for reasons other than injury or safety. Okay, so it's not in the case where, for example, you're out and it's so dangerous that you can't see the road or it's raining too much or it's so foggy no one can see you or it's so cold that you're starting to get hypothermia or whatever it is, it's, it's, we're, we're referring to an event that you are in, that the conditions are fine or maybe, well, you know, maybe it's a little windy or whatever, but it's, and, and the athlete decides to pull out. And there was um, a couple. There were a couple of uh, cases actually uh, in the last weekend of people that I know. They went to a long event, 200 miles, and a lot of them didn't finish. They decided they didn't want to continue for one reason or another. So perhaps, what exploring some of the reasons why athletes would decide to pull out of an event. Um, I guess one of them might be, and, and this is, you know, we can get, there's there's a whole, and we can bring in perhaps Nate Last at some point here mm -hmm. um, on our podcast to talk about mental skills and mental grit uh, for athletes. But could it be, for example, fear? And the fear there could be related to perhaps failure. Uh, let's say that you're in an event, you're a couple of hours in, and it's a long event, and you see that you're not progressing as you wish you were. Um, and you're maybe not going fast enough. And you stop at a rest stop and you might say to yourself, you know, this is, this is really hard. It's, the conditions are hard because it's so windy. Um, I'm tired. And you decide not to continue. So that might be one reason. The other reason, um, maybe you had in your mind that you were going to do well in this event. Top five, let's say. And then all of a sudden, you see that you're not going to anymore. And perhaps you have a history of really doing well in events. And in this one, you're not going to do so well. So you pull out before you get the bad result. You know, I think I've seen that too. Um, or you get dropped from your group 
and all of a sudden, ah, I'm not sure I want to continue with this. So there, there's there's definitely a conversation that goes on in an athlete's mind to come up to that decision. I think the examples that I gave in terms of toughness, if you're well prepared for an event, you train for it, and you show up and it doesn't go as planned, and let me tell you, most of the time it doesn't go as planned. Would you give up? What, what are your What are your thoughts, uh, J. Flo and uh, yeah. and Mitch? Yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's really a personal decision. I mean, I've I've been mm -hmm. in, I've been in an event, and I know this isn't what you're talking about, but where I actually had like a nagging injury, and I was wasn't going to cause me a long term harm, but I just was miserable. I mean, and I and I was in pain, and like you know, one of your points, but I kept going because I didn't want to. For me, it's there's a message I don't want to send my kids. And like, you know, last year I did a, a gravel grinder um, race and I showed up, I hadn't even registered yet and it was raining and it was going to be absolutely miserable, but I still registered. I'd done the training and I did the race because it's, it's a message that I want to send my kids that sometimes things are really tough and you just have to do it. But I think it's a very personal decision and, and I'm not going to fault somebody for making that call, but it's just something that I, I've never felt comfortable just because I'm not going to get the result I want or it's not going to be enjoyable. I, it's something I just, I, I, I won't do. Yeah. I definitely agree on that, on that point. Um, even, even on those, you know, darkest, not things just not going for you, you know, you've kind of built yourself, um, us up as athletes, you know, we put ourselves together for, you know, this event, this ride, this, you know, this, this group event that you put time aside to do, you know, by no means any of us are pro athletes. Um, and so when we do find ourselves kind of in this moment and you've put time aside to make this um, happen for you, you really want to make the best of it. And sometimes, you know, you may not be with that front group um, for that, that group ride. You may get dropped off the back, but you've got to find that group that you can ride with. And, you know, kind of in the virtual sense, let's say, you know, you go out on, you know, a social ride and the pace is just far too high. You know, everybody's 3.0 happens to be everybody's 4.0. And, you know, you just need to find that group that will work with you and that'll work for you and find what you can, what could you get out of that race. Um, and then for the situation where, you know, you're in a, in a moment where you would, you thought you'd do really well and you would excel in that sort of, in that sort of race or platform, you know, being being okay with, um, you know, in, being in that moment and experiencing and just being thankful that, hey, I've got a chance to do this sort of thing. And, you know, really, really in races and in big races, there's there's one winner. Um, so really, you've got to find and we always push to our athletes is to find your your goal and to voice those and be true to yourself um, with those so that when you have a result or something happens, it's not always what they call, um, I want to say, what is it? Result, result focused. Um, that it could be just something that you you wanted to do or some skill that you wanted to get better at. And, and the other thing I would say too, from my experience in being on the bike for long, long days, and we're talking 10 plus hours, you will not feel great the whole time. You will have moments that you're going to feel like crap. You're going to have moments that you're going to ask yourself, why am I doing this? You know, this sucks. But that it's, it, and it, and that, that happens to everyone. You just, you acknowledge that, but then don't stay there in that funk, right? Just move on, move on. It will pass. So give it a chance because you might be having all those negative thoughts at that moment. And then that will, 
will pass. The other thing that I go ahead. Yeah. I, I was going to say it, it reminds me of a story before we change topic, change gears here. Um, there is a writer. It's actually a Zwifter and a coach. His name's um, Pav um, Brian. He's from a Direct Power Coaching, and he's actually um, did the um, Route 66 route from uh, California, Santa Monica Pier, all the way to Chicago. And wow. he, he was just completely fueled by um, his live videos and people supporting him um, online and really just kind of pushing him. Um, I think his goal was something like 11 days, something like 200 to 250 miles a day uh, to get to Chicago. And um, I, unfortunately, I, I didn't follow the very end of it, like days like uh, 9 through 11. I know he was going through some pain, but he was reaching out to the community to get that support. And and really, his 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 uh his drive to do it was one he was raising awareness, of course, um and and a social and a social awareness to get that community involved and and behind him. Um, so again, it's just talking about you know that days you just didn't want to ride anymore and wanted to pull the plug, but you're doing it for this larger, bigger reason. And, and those are the things that we can we can look for, whether it be you know raising money for something or or trying to prove trying to prove something or to be a, to be an example for our kids or that sort of thing. Yeah, and one topic that I will then close the topic, this particular topic here, and perhaps a hook for next next uh, podcast is um, being dehydrated or not fueling enough, starting to bonk, mm -hmm. will give you negative thoughts. Oh yeah, mental. So stuff. believe it or not, there's a connection between not being fueled properly and having those negative thoughts of this sucks, I'm irritated, uh, I'm not, I'm, I want to give up. So those, that's something also to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah. We've got two, we've got two comments here uh, from the live stream. We've got um, Sean um, talking about the Scenic Shore 150 from Wisconsin uh, to Sturgeon Bay. So it's Macomb to uh, Sturgeon Bay. It's 150 miles, two days. So, so tempted to pull out. It was 30 mile per hour winds on day one. And he was like cursing and angry at the wind, but ended up pushing. Um, and day two was half as windy. And he, he was able to get through that first day and experience this gorgeous ride. Um, just really great weather on the second day. So the second day was all has ended up all being worth it pushing through. Um, and our second comment from Troy um, that he thinks it's it's really important to finish um, to finish for your mind um, whatever it is whatever goal you have because it's so easy to pull out. It just makes it easy and easier every time you have an event to just pull out earlier or maybe not even show up or that sort of thing. So it's really tough mentally. You kind of get down that road. Thanks for those comments. Yeah. Guys. All right. What else we have there, Ted? Yeah, so uh, that's it for this topic. Um, you want to switch gears to yeah, we, you, yeah. Why don't we jump over? What? Yeah, why don't we jump over? I know Mitch has got um, got a time time crunch here, so let's jump over to Mitch's comment. Um, something that we've kind of touched on, and as coaches, we've experienced a little bit of experience um, with writers um, kind of experimenting with this sort of thing, but you see it more and more. Um, and we get questions. And so what I wanted to do is le at least bring more kind of a big umbrella look at this. Um, and what we're talking about is CBD. Um, he's going to give us a little bit of information about that. And hopefully it'll answer um, some of our general questions and hopefully spark some conversation that we can bring it back. So what do we got, Mitch? Yeah, so I mean, you can't really turn on the news without hearing something about CBD oil these days. It's it's kind of like on the top of all the nutrition and drug and and even getting into the endurance and athletes world is uh, CBD. So CBD is actually cannabinoid oil. So it's a compound that's found in the cannabis plants, the marijuana plants or hemp plants. And apparently there's all kinds of different cannabinoids within the plant 
which includes CBD, which is what we're talking about here, but then also THC, which is, you know, people who use the drug recreationally, that's one they care about. But CBD is shorthand for cabinet oil. I can't even say it, it's so hard. But uh, so anecdotally, or what everyone is, is really saying about CBD is that they use it to relieve pain, anxiety, and a range of disorders. And in fact, even last month, the FDA approved a drug called EpiDLX, which is a CBD-based drug to treat two forms of epilepsy. So there is some science going on if the FDA is approving it. Um, so if we actually get back into the mechanism behind this, so in your nervous system, you've got this system, it's called the endocannabinoid system, um, which is uh, part of your neurotransmitter system and allows your nerves to communicate and work together. And what CBD does is it kind of allows you to elevate the endocannabinoids so that you can have like a better wellness feeling or um, you're relaxed, um, sort of a good feeling, but it also has some other effects. But the question is, does it do anything for us as athletes? Um, people anecdotally are saying, look, it reduces inflammation, it reduces pain, it allows you to relax and, and really focus on your training. But there is no hard science yet to date. There are no clinical trials with athletes to date which relate around CBD. So I think for us as coaches, I think it's something that we watch and we continue to look into and, and see where the science goes. But I don't think any of us feel comfortable recommending this until there's actually more hard science around it. I think there's probably a lot of natural alternatives that we could talk to with Andrea in the future on our podcast that could actually help you with anti-inflammatory or maybe help with reducing anxiety. But right now, I think as a coach, I wouldn't be recommending my athletes to go all in on CBD oil because I don't think there's any hard science on it. What are your thoughts, Jason? Yeah, I definitely, um, I, I think that it is a new and emerging um, area. And um, uh, here, being here in California, uh, yeah. I get, I come across, obviously, you know, there's a lot of legalization in different, um, different, uh, different areas. And it's a little bit different as far as like laws are concerned. Mm -hmm. But I do um, come across our athletes here um, that are using it um, and have seen really good results. So anecdotally, of course, um, is essentially, you know, there's no science, not there's not really strong science yet that's telling us, but it's all very new. So this is something yeah. that um, when I when I see being used, um, I'm seeing really good results with recovery. I'm seeing their ability to you know get to the three um, you know their their three intense workouts and being able to do back to backs, being able to do um, you know two a days, um, things like that. These aren't riders that are you know suffering from any you know lack of being able to recover but they like the ability to not have that feeling of um, not being able to go out again or to do more work. Um, and, you know, the, the, <laughs> how are they using it? Is, is it an ointment? Yeah. Is it a, a supplement? Yeah. yeah. So the, so there's, there's faster ways. So there's a couple different ways. And um, I did spend some time at the fit expo here in uh, Los Angeles um, recently, and I talked to a couple makers of it. And so there's a couple ways. There is a lotion that, um, that you can use. Um, it's just a, um, through the epidermis. So those are for kind of like lo local aches and pains. The next level would be through um, uh, through just, uh, they, they also have it in foods. Um, so this particular vendor had it like in a beef jerky that you could have like as a post-recovery type thing. But the most potent way is going to be through two ways, which is a pill or a tincture that you could put under your tongue. Um, and the reason why under your tongue is because it has so many receptors and you're able to absorb it um, that much quicker. Um, but the most common form that I see athletes is uh, through a pill form. And so it's very, it's very, um, it's a very metered dose. 
Um, yep. So the, the minimal doses, um, from what I understand, um, is given, and I believe uh, I might be off by a decimal, but I believe it's 100 milligrams, um, and that's kind of like the therapeutic dose, and that's that's what writers that I know that are using. It's going to be definitely interesting to follow, especially as more states legalize right now. So, so the state of Michigan, I think it's on the ballot in November um, for general marijuana legalization, and and so the state has decided that CBD falls in that category, so it's not legal in the state, so you can't even even think about it here. I know, I don't know if Illinois has anything on the ballot, um, but I, I think know. also, I mean, across the border for me, you know, Windsor in Canada just legalize it for the whole country. <laughs> um, so it's a, it's a crazy world we're living in and it's going to be interesting to watch the science. I mean, especially when you, you look at some of the other benefits, like I, you know, I, I know people who have issues with anxiety and there's a lot of talk around the fact that maybe it's a more natural kind of, um, drug to help treat anxiety. So it's definitely really interesting. It's just, you'd want to see some some studies done and, and make sure it's um, doesn't have any side effects. You know, like some of the same articles I read talked about like, and this is more looking at, there's a lot of like ultra runners and things who really use yeah. um, mm -hmm. marijuana and actually THC. Mm -hmm. And there's some, some science that says it actually reduces yeah. your endurance. So it's interesting to watch everything evolve and see where it comes out for athletes. Oh, um, I did want to mention for those riders who are, um, you know, riding in races where um, I was going to say, I was going to say Zada, <laughs> but, I <meant> to mean, <laughs> but I meant to mean um, uh, Usa, uh, the uh, Wada. And so anyways, if you're doing like USA cycling events or ones that are um, doing any drug testing, that sort of thing, it actually is in um, the books as in the mm -hmm. CBD form and the proper, um, right. properly, um, extracted it's actually a legal a legal drug that you can take um or yeah under, under under those regulations so um you know look into it um but always with any of these supplements always look into the source um where is it coming from is it being contaminated with anything else um that's really really key so you got to get a clean clean source um so because if, if you are getting pulled and you are getting um tested that to make sure that there's nothing else that's not on the the, the list that you're not supposed to any comments there, Taya? No, I want to actually use that as a uh, segue into the recovery part because we're Sounds talking good. about the uh, reducing inflammation, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And uh, we talked about recovery before and we had podcasts where we went quite deep into the subject. But what I want to bring in today is a specific aspect of recovery, which is should you just put your legs up and rest that way? But but the segue with the inflammation is, it is pretty well known at this point that inflammation is part of the recovery and adaptation process. So you work hard, you break your muscles down and the way for your body to recover, and when I'm talking about recovery and adaptation, I'm not talking about feeling better, right? Having the pain go away, I'm talking about making your muscles stronger so that you're adapting to the workouts and getting stronger and stronger as you continue to train. And for that to happen, the inflammation needs to happen and your body needs to be working uh, with that inflammation. That is why taking anti-inflammatories is not a good recommendation for recovery and adaptation. So taking that Advil, taking you know the over-the-counter anti-inflammatory drugs, I don't know what the, um, the CBG that we just talked about would do. But uh, keeping in mind that your body has its natural process for recovery and adaptation. 
And so with that, um, I've been noticing as well that, for example, in my case, sometimes I'll go do a very, very hard workout in the morning, early in the morning, let's say five, six in the morning, and I feel completely trashed afterwards, um, not from a nutritional standpoint. Let's say I'm, I'm nutrition is on point and all of that is on point. So the tendency is to just want to sit down and do absolutely nothing for the rest of the day. But is that a good idea? Is that the best way for your body to recover? Well, one thing that most people might not know is, again, you know, the body has its own process of recovering itself, but what makes it possible for the body to recover is having those fluids and nutrients flowing through your bloodstream. And if you just sit down and don't do anything, then you might not be getting that quicker recovery from the body, the, the, the blood flow. And how do you get the blood flow? Well, one way is walking. So be, if you had a heart session and you feel like just sitting for the rest of the day, don't. Move around and uh, get walking. So, hey, doggy. <laughs> I can't concentrate with the doggy. Um, <laughs> I get too distracted. I love dogs. So... <laughs> So think, think about it this way, you know, um, the one great, so the more the research evolves in terms of recovery, in terms of recovery, the more the research points in the way of helping the body's natural way of recovering. And the one thing that the body does well is that will help the body is compression. Right. And the compression is either from compression socks or the boots. And the boots are even better, but not everybody can afford the boots. But what the boots do, they help, let's think about your, your heart pumping blood into your limbs, right? Then you need to have the blood come back to your core and your body does that naturally. And that's why walking is good because your calves, for example, work as a mini pump that will mm -hmm. help the blood come from the legs back into the core and you get the fluids flowing. But you can get that with the boots. And you can get them with, with uh, compression. So those are those are good ways of um, recovering. So so again, you know, when you think about a active recovery versus laying down doing nothing recovery, walking is great. Yeah. Um, and you might, might feel better by doing that. Um, the next day type thing, you don't need to be on the bike. A lot of people talk about spinning it easy as a, an active recovery. You can do that. You don't need to do that. Walking will just be as good or doing the compression will be as good. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, so go ahead, Mitch, go ahead. Can, hey, can I real quick, and this is, just you touched on it for a second on the anti-inflammatory drugs. Can I also add in that for our runners, because um, I did this to myself, is so one thing a lot of people don't understand about anti-inflammatory drugs is that they inhibit the prostaglandins that your body produces to uh, help with bone repair. And when you run, you get a bunch of tiny micro fractures in your bones. And if you're taking anti-inflammatories religiously to deal with the pain and the, and the, the aches and you know, whatever you get from running, you can end up really hurting yourself because you can get stress fractures. And it, yeah. So the two don't go together. So I used to be a big guy around like ibuprofen after you know lots of workouts to feel better and to sleep and to reduce inflammation and just avoid them. Um, just like Tay was saying, they don't, you know, the, the anti-inflammatory doesn't help with the recovery. Um, find other ways to deal with the pain and, and just avoid those drugs because 
they're not good for you long term. Absolutely. And just a little bit of physiology um, behind it all. So our body does have an active pump, essentially our heart to pump um, uh, the blood to our organs, but there isn't actually an active pump to pump it back. So it, the way it gets pumped back is us moving our body or us having compression or us elevating things so that it goes the other way. So, right. but, you know, can we put our feet up enough up, up against the, the wall and sit there and do nothing and get the blood where it needs to go? Or can you actively, you know, compress? And essentially the boots that um, Andrea's talking, Andrea, Taya's talking about um, uh, is, is essentially does that. And then it kind of flashback a picture of maybe we should have a podcast where Taya can sit there in her boots and she could try to do the podcast. <laughs> At the same time, but essentially they're boots that you put on almost like pants and they essentially will compress from your ankle all the way up to your above your um, into up to your thigh and repeat that motion to kind of really push that up. But simply a little bit of compression and movement of the muscles is what your body naturally does to bring that back, uh, to bring that blood back, to bring those things, uh, those inflammatory markers away and to bring fresh blood into the body. Um, there is, there is a comment here um, live uh, from Sean that if he rides in the morning at 6 to 8 a.m. and he goes to uh, um, to work at 9, um, Taya, what, and he ends up sitting all day because he's at a call center, um, what are what are the things that they can do, um, you know, get up and stretch, what kind of intervals, what do you think uh, that we've seen that could help them? Definitely walk, uh, walk, stand up and walk every, let's say, hour or so. Just go get some water. Uh, and in fact, you can do you can drink a lot of water. That way, you're gonna have to go to the bathroom anyway. And so you're 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 doing it right. It's twice the benefit. You kill two birds with one stone. You're getting your fluids in, and you're walking around. Um, and I I did that for many 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 years. Uh, you know, working in an office uh, behind a desk for 10 12 hours. And um, it's really it's it's easy to just get stuck there. Um, and if you're in a call center, that you know you might not be able to take as many breaks, but even if you cannot take the break and, and leave your desk, stand up and move around. So not just standing up, because if you're standing up and not moving, that's not doing anything. In fact, that's, again, the blood is not, you know, it's, it's, it's pulling there and it's not helping. So move about, even if you're, even if you have to pace back and forth in your own, in your own uh, working area there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mitch, are you headed off? Yeah, I apologize, guys. I've got to uh, get going for my uh, day job, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, thanks, Mitch. Yeah, so sure. just to just to continue on um, what Taya was saying, kind of getting up and moving and recovery, because a lot of us do this exact same thing. Um, we are, you know, working out hard in the morning, um, and we have our day job, whether it be um, sitting through the day, or um, whether it be um, doing that, or if it's um, us having to, um, you know. May, move all around all day or sit in a car even you know long commutes things like that so what's important is to make sure that we are um are getting that movement in whether it's standing workstations or that sort of thing those could be really really useful as well um so just kind of consider those opportunities to be able to move um and do that sort of thing but yeah recovery recovery is something that is very individual um but you need to kind of get um some of those things right and a lot of those things are just making sure um that you're getting movement in throughout the day to get that blood flowing and get that blood moving so, so taya you are you you are a um a norma like a, a boot user daily weekly what, what what's kind of your routine daily of course uh, <laughs> even on rest days even on days that i don't work out 
I get in the boots for at least half an hour. And uh, luckily, I work from home, so I can have my laptop with me, and I can sit in the boots for long periods of time. All right. Um, quick question here from Ryan Adam de Guzman. Um, how about um, uh, how about like when you're resting? What kind of meals or drinks? Um, we've covered a little bit about this, but just kind of a recap. Um, during this time is uh, recovery. Maybe not so much. Let's get ourselves outside of the post-workout window, but just kind of all the rest of the day. Is there anything specifically? He's asking, does he have this? Should he keep it light, or um, to make a faster recovery, or just kind of go back to his normal kind of eating habits? So it, it uh, let's say that you're in a regular training week, but because it, it, it's also also dependent upon what you're doing. If you if it's a week of really really hard work, day after day after day. Um, and perhaps just one rest day, then you might be needing to fuel more. If it's a recovery week, you don't need so much food. But in terms of, I think the ideal is making sure you're getting the right nutrients in. Yeah. And uh, protein is definitely important for recovery. And so you want to make sure that you get enough protein. Athletes, uh, if, if they're working, training consistently, they need at least 120 grams of protein a day. And yeah. so keeping that in mind, um, the carbs, of course, uh, also part of recovery. We can. There's a whole topic of carbohydrates and timing of, of taking carbs uh, around the time that you're working out or if you have to recover for the next session the next day. If your next session is 12 hours from now or 24 hours from now or two days from now, that also depends on you know when you take your carbs in. But really having balanced, um, balanced meals with protein and uh, always, always get the uh, the vegetables in there just because you need all of those nutrients it's it's part of uh, a well functioning body so so the difference being you know in that post workout window making sure you are fueling for that workout um, but really kind of the big picture in the rest of the day is um, plenty of vegetables Andrea will always remind us making sure you get vegetables in colorful vegetables I know she always reminds us as well the um, <laughs> that's right the rainbow of vegetables. Um, making sure you're getting those in because so so often we get focused on you know proteins and um, carbohydrates um, that we don't that we sometimes forget that um, the carbohydrate source could be from you know sweet potatoes, potatoes, green vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower. These are all also sources of carbohydrates um, that you can also get in. So getting those vegetables in and the carbohydrates in that way could also be useful. Um, so there's no there's no need to really go light on the food because you actually need fuel for the body. But again, we have always talked about, and we can go back and we can in the show notes maybe um, you know post a couple of the episodes that we've talked about specifically post workout routines specifically and fueling for the workouts and getting that that fuel for in for what you're doing whether it's a hard workout or an endurance workout it can be different in that respect but really great question. All right, so um, looks like we've got our topics, um, our hot topics all, all sorted out here. Um, we do have a couple topics for what's coming up with this week in the lab. Um, and we've got um, our three core workouts from this week, um, Taya. So can we talk a little bit about that for our lab writers in the endurance lab? Yeah, so uh, what we did this week, we worked on strength steps workout. This was focusing on developing strength via low cadence efforts. Uh, we always work on different cadences in our workouts in the lab. We do a lot of high cadence work. We do single legged drills and low cadence is also part of it, focusing on climbing, but also in uh, strength there. So a uh, great workout alternating all of those. And then we also did race accelerations, 
which is a uh, simulation of a race, like race-type efforts. Those were short intervals, but very powerful, starting with VO2 efforts, holding threshold, and then with a sprint at the end. Um, and then we close the week with Endurance Lab Peaks 5, which is taking the rider through a ramping up effort, starting in the high tempo range and finishing out with a sprint. So again, similar to a, a wind up for a sprint finish or frame in a criterium uh, designed to teach the rider's body how to push into the next higher level on demand. Yeah, and so for those listeners that are just tuning in and this is um, these workout descriptions are new for you, these are the workouts that we prescribe to our, um, our athletes in the endurance lab. Um, and as you notice, they tie in a lot of different other skills. So it's not all about hitting, you know, this sweet spot intensity right at threshold for, you know, whether it be 10, 15, 20 minutes at a time. Um, you're listening to cues about cadence, about understanding pacing. And so what we really try to involve when you do your workouts is not only hitting wattages, but to learning skills that can transfer out, whether they're, you're racing indoors or going outdoors, you're able to use those skills to your advantage um, and really be able to use kind of everything, all the tools in the toolbox versus just be able to put watts down. Because um, like we like to say at the end of the race, not every, not uh, at the end of the race, they don't check your watts per kilogram to see if you're the winner. So <laughs> that's right. Going fast is about much, much more than just watts, right? That's right. It's, that's uh, right. So much more. So we work on all of those skills um, right. in the lab. Yeah. That's right. All right. So we could talk a little bit about um, on the horizon um, for those lab writers. We are in week seven um, and um, go, coming up on our last week eight, which is our um, our roundup. But what that means for you listeners, as if you're looking to jump in, we can tell you a little bit about the next lab we'll be holding. Um, and I'll pass it over to Taya to tell us a little bit about what's coming up um, after week eight, a quick rest week. And then what do we got? Yeah. So uh, after this, uh, this lab, and by the way, um, we have labs starting and ending every eight weeks, but if you are, you don't have to join us just at the beginning or at the end of a lab. You can jump in at any time. We have we have those available for you, so you can check out the website. But um, we're going to be this phase right now is going to be about maintenance and uh, using the ability that you have built up until this point to continue on to carry you through the rest of the season whether you're going to be, let's say, doing some more racing or uh, if you're going to just go out and enjoy the weather as much as you can. If you're, if you're somewhere where it's fall right now um, and enjoy the weather as much as you can with the events that you want to do. So that's coming up uh, pretty shortly. We're going to have more information for you available uh, soon. Absolutely. So it's a, it's a great it's a great time to be able to, again, use this plan to kind of um, keep your skills sharp. Um, for the rest of the season, for those that um, will still have good weather towards the end of the year here. Um, but Taya does bring a good point um, for the, again, for listeners that are new for us or have that have been in um, the lab before, we will be offering um, what we call evergreen labs, which are labs that you could start at any time and you can get slotted in. So um, definitely look out for that. So check out endurancelab.fit for that um, in the future. Um, if you wanna know more information, ask questions. Uh, we do have a forum that we use and you can you can access the forum there's a public um, side of it as well as a member side of it so there's a lot of great information on both sides uh, so definitely check that out at endurancelab.fit um, anything else um, going on for us today Taya? yeah so uh, we have a listener challenge of the week so last oh. week 
our challenge for you was to do some standing and right standing outside because we yeah. we trained that a lot quite a bit inside and uh, see how that translates into your speed um, and have that conversation going in the forum for this coming week the challenge for you will be to ride in the drops more so whether you are in a group ride or whether you are you know by yourself uh, in the wind change your position so you're riding in the drops more and see what that does for you. See if you need to change cadence when you're doing that. See if a lower cadence will help you go faster um, and see how your body adapts to that. So riding in the drops is the challenge for you this week. I like it, I like it. Um, we're gonna, <laughs> a lot of sore back. I have a feeling we'll have a lot of sore backs next week. <laughs> Not if they're doing the, uh, the, the core exactly. 15-minute cardio. Right. You're right, you're right. Then, then the back is ready, yeah. You're, you're right, and you know, just to share a story, um, I. I'm getting, luckily, I'm able to get out a little bit more um, to do some riding outdoors. Um, and I was able to do a couple of the intervals um, this week um, standing. And it was definitely a challenge. And I think the challenge comes from um, not, uh, so being, being able to meter your output. So for example, if an interval is asking for something kind of in the middle, let's say it's tempo or um, just below or above threshold and being able to not have this huge surge as you stand up. Um, because a lot of times when you see when you see um, people stand up, there's this huge surge into like 300, 400, 500 watts, and then it settles down. But in fact, what you wanna do, if it's in fact, what we're trying to do is to harness, let's say if you're doing 250 watts, you stand up and it stays pretty close to that two, same 250 right. watts. Because if you want to get that, you know, the reason why you stand up is to change the mus muscles that you're using to give some rest to those muscles that you're using to climb, for example, you need to make sure that we're staying right at that level. And again, it's one of the skills that we train in the endurance lab. But in my experience, it's something that, you know, everybody can work on. So being able to stand up, still put 250 watts down, sit down and be able to put 250 watts down, then you're kind of making this nice little transition. And it takes, you know, takes some finesse, you need to get some gears figured out. But yeah, That's totally. Right. Yeah, the control. Yeah, the gears, the cadence. Yeah. yeah. And the speed that you can gather when you're when you're outside, which you don't always feel right when you're actually you don't feel when you're inside uh, practicing the same skills. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely that is one of the things that's different um, indoors versus outdoors. All right. So it looks like we've got um, everything there. Any last comments here for um, our listeners, Tam? No, I think we covered everything. As always, we're available in the forum. So uh, hit us there with any questions and comments. We're going to also post this uh, podcast uh, in there for additional comments that people might have. Absolutely, absolutely. So again, thank you for joining us today um, in the Coach's Corner. If it's your first time listening and would like to hear more content from the Endurance Lab, head over to your favorite podcast app and search the Endurance Lab or head to YouTube, search the same and don't forget, click subscribe. Um, for more information on when our next lab is, which is exactly about two weeks from now, head over to endurancelab.fit to learn where you can join us to train smart and get results. See everybody next week.